<laughs> you want to keep the result? Like, I mean, hit the floor. No, no, it, it rolled off the table. You can't keep the result. Three. Three. Chris, today, the design challenge we will be taking upon ourselves is to design a door that both begs to be opened and terrifies the players. Ooh, okay. Hello, and welcome to Roll for Topic, a roundtable discussion about topics related to running role-playing games. I'm Chris Salzman. And I'm Andy Rowe. Andy, I am very scared of doors right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, no spoilers, but we just finished up the latest Stranger Things, and I feel like Stranger Things does a oh, yeah. particularly good job of making every door seem like um, like it's uh, there's going to be a monster behind it. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, so I, w- I would recommend it to you. I know, I think you've watched an episode or two. It's Yeah. It was really good. We really enjoyed the, the latest season quite a bit. So. Oh, that's great. So they've released the first half as of yeah. the time of this recording of this season. Does it resolve its storyline or does it end on a cliffhanger? Yeah. Um, again, I will I will not spoil stuff. Um, there is more story to tell after after this one. And I will say that I was I was satisfied with sort of like where it's at right now. Okay. Um, but I'm also pretty anxious for the, the second half to drop. So, yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, yeah, I was surprised. They they have started to they've been tying stuff up that I thought they would never tie up, um, right? Like, and I think this is just me as a person who watched Lost back in the day, like who just is like always anxious about <laughs> about <laughs> hey, are they actually going to try it or not? You know, um, but yes, so yeah, it's it's good. Um, you know, like the performances are amazing. I mean, Netflix is clearly pouring you know a ton of money into it, and there's a lot of D and D references, which is nice for people like me. Yeah. Um, who then have to, you know, turn to their partner and like explain D and D stuff to them, and they don't care, <laughs> yeah. <all> right? <laughs> yeah. So. so watching the first two episodes, I this is I never thought that I would ever be in a place of saying this, but I actually thought it crossed my mind that they were maybe overdoing it with the D and D. Yeah. In, at least in the first episode, I've never. I've never been in a spot to say that a piece about a piece of pop culture. Uh, yeah, I feel like this is hewing too closely to my my experience of the eighties. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's good. You know, I keep uh, the thing that I keep on asking myself with this, and like with I think like with a lot of like current contemporary media, is like, is this going to play well to someone watching it in fifty years? Right? It's like you know, like is the 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 only thing that's interesting about Stranger Things is the, is it the fact that it's set in the eighties? Right. So like you remember all the references. I think that is not true about this. There's certainly a lot of stuff in there that's like, I mean, I don't know, like in 50 years, someone's going to be like, why are you lingering on that, that can of Coke? Like no one, no no one cares, but like, right. Like some set, set designer spent a lot of time tracking down the exact, (laughs) exact 1986 can of Coke or whatever. It's interesting to see the way that shows that have D and D on it. It's interesting to see how they change it sometimes to mm-hmm. I presumably make it more visually appealing or something. Mm-hmm. You know, often you get something that really looks more like a board game, even though they're ostensibly playing D&D. But what they have set yeah. up looks like a board game. I imagine the people that filmed it, you know, know what they're doing, but they're like, yeah, we we can't really show a compelling D&D <laughs> session, a pure D&D session. Now, in the age of critical role and stuff like that, yeah. I think the uh, tide may have turned on that. But uh, yeah. do you have a favorite uh, D&D or role-playing reference or or instance in a show or a movie? Oh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, so my daughter has been watching, well, she watches a lot of cartoons. She's, she's almost seven years old. 
And it seems like all of her shows now, there's at least one episode in the run that will be like the D&D episode. <laughs> like, I think that's just something that happens in like modern sitcoms and, and TV shows these days is they're like, yeah, they, they you know do an episode like that. Like Community famously has one or two yeah. that, are, that are pretty good, um, although also cringy <laughs> in their own ways. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to think about some of those. Like there's, there's actually, there's a My Little Pony, like Dungeons and Dragons episode, which is pretty good. Uh, I can't remember what, what they call it, right? They all have like uh, kitschy names of, yeah. you know, to, to replace Dungeons and Dragons. But <laughs> I think that is a published game now, by the way. I've seen it in my local Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's cool. Like, so my daughter is like a little too young for that, but I'll probably pick that one up. Like, I'm not like, my little pony is fine, right? Like, I'm not a brony, um, <laughs> like, you know, much respect to those who are, but like, yeah, it's just, it's sort of like not my thing other than watching my daughter get like super into it. So. Do you have a favorite depiction of tabletop RPGs in media? I think my favorite depiction, not so much because it's 100% accurate, but more because I feel like it captures the vibe of D&D, is, is in the show Freaks and Geeks. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? I think yeah. it's probably coming on like, 20 years old now at this point. I guess spoilers for a 20-year-old show, uh, but... <laughs> I mean, that show, in the final episode of that show, the the nerds are playing their regular D&D game, and they've invited one of, like, the bad kids who's, who's been, whose plot we followed throughout the show, kind of the, mm -hmm. not bully exactly, but kind of the jerky bad kids to join them. And the final sequence in that episode is them all having a blast together. And yeah. that just makes me feel so good, because that's... To me, that's what D&D &D is more than do they have the figures correctly shown on, you know, <laughs> are they using, it's funny to look like what edition rule books these shows sometimes have, because sometimes they have an incoherent combination of books from different editions. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but I thought Freaks and Geeks captured the everyone's welcome at the table and mm -hmm. all you need to do is get over yourself a little bit and... Mm -hmm. and just live in in this shared imagination for a little bit and um yeah i don't know it makes me feel good to watch that scene so i think i'd say that's yeah. my favorite yeah that's a good poll yeah that um that whole show is i think still really worth watching like there's a couple moments from it that just really stick out to me but yeah that that sort of final scene that D, &D game is like a really really good culmination of the story um yeah. story to that point so i watched that show with my now 14 year old in the last year and mm. It was a good viewing experience because it is a little too uncomfortable to watch with your kid, but in a good way. You know, like I think yeah. 14 is a good age to be exposed to some stuff that makes you a little uncomfortable, you yeah. know, within, within reason. So we had a lot of good discussions. Uh, and yeah. yeah, and of course the D&D, D&D is peppered throughout the show. So it, it's fun yeah. when it crops up. But. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we will keep on referencing D and D and popular media unless we move on to our topic. So, <laughs> Indeed. We um, yeah. So yeah, we roll the three to design a door that both begs to be open and terrifies the player. Um, so this topic, I think we added this because I think one of our favorite episodes, at least one of my favorite episodes, was one we did about I think it was episode ten something back in there where we talked about doors and dungeons, and it ended yeah. up being this this good exploration 
of something that seems like such a simple concept like it's a door it opens but like what it does to the players and the pacing yeah <laughs> pacing of the game right, so anyway that's sort of the the inspiration for this question i will i'll start with a couple things and then we can we can kind of take it take it sure. from there i, I want to say i probably referenced this too on that episode but it's been been long enough there is a door in the Resident Evil video games. Um, so the very first Resident Evil video game for the, the PlayStation 1, you know, the PlayStation had load times between stuff, right? So you'd go between these rooms and they would use the doors as a way to like slow the game down and have it like oh, yeah. load load between stuff, right? So like everything would disappear and all you'd see is this animation of the door opening. You know, so you get really used to this like transition happening. And then about like halfway through the game, you go to that transition and you open it and then a zombie comes through <laughs> through at you. Oh, that's great. And like they've never done anything like this to the, in the game up to this point. And then all of a sudden now you distrust all doors. Oh, <laughs> it's like, is it going to happen happen again? And about, like I just think about that all the time is like a, it's such a great reversal of like what, what you expect to happen. And I think that's one of the reasons why doors really trip parties up, right? It's just like... Yeah. Yeah, like what what could be there? You know, what's going to happen? Like, I, I have no control over the situation. I can't see in, into <laughs> yeah. into the other room. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that was that's kind of my opening statement. I guess what do you what do you have when you think about this question? Two quick things. One, a response to that one. So I recently, in the last year, played a bit of a recent Resident Evil game. I'm not mm-hmm. a huge fan of the series, but I I've dipped into it from time to time, and I think this was Resident Evil Seven. And the you're wandering around, you know, a creepy house and with, mm-hmm. you know, backwoods axe murderers chasing yeah. around in it. And the, the most memorable part of that game is related to doors also. And oh. it would cause me to flinch away from the screen on just a regular basis. And that's because every time your character opens a door, it's a first person game. So you're seeing the action mm-hmm. through the eyes of the protagonist and the protagonist leans into every door opening in a way that you would never do in real life and you would certainly never do if you were pretty sure there was something scary on the other side of the door but he leans into it in a way that uh simultaneously waits until the last minute before you see anything behind the door and Mm -hmm. makes you incredibly vulnerable or feel incredibly vulnerable to whatever's over there so it's like you might as well open it and back into the room (laughs) with your eyes closed (laughs) It's just a wonderful little trick. It's so effective yeah. and it is legitimately makes opening doors a more frightening experience than the actual experience of being chased around by the monsters in the game, which is mm-hmm. you know more humdrum. <laughs> okay. The other thing, so thinking about doors in uh, other media that kind of beg to be opened but being scary, I think my my pick would be in it's from the Lord of the Rings, so a classic. Mm-hmm. It's the door that they come across while they're going through the paths of the dead. It's a little, oh. it's a little side scene. I mean, it's maybe two paragraphs worth of description. But when mm-hmm. I was a kid, it I thought about it and I thought about it. I couldn't stop thinking about this door because they're wandering through this creepy tunnel system and they come across a door and somebody has, there's a body or a skeleton in front of it. And someone has died trying to get into that room. Yeah. And I think, I don't remember the details, but I think the suggestion is there's treasure, there's massive treasure or something like that behind it. But somebody, somebody died not trying to get out of a room, but trying to get into one. And that always mm. just creeped me out so much. And in the book, you know, Gimli is, is tempted for a second to open it and maybe the other members of the fellowship pull him back and snap him yeah. to his senses. But 
when I was reading that, you know, as a kid, what could be behind that door? It must be so awesome and mysterious. And at the same time, at the same time, it's very scary because obviously this is, this whole scenario is cursed. So. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Forgotten about that door. Is it in the, is it in the movies? I think that it is briefly in the movies, but I don't remember. That whole sequence in the movies is, uh, is, is a little, I, I'm not fond of, of what they did with it. Uh, yeah. So, but, so I haven't watched <laughs> that scene too many times. But. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. So it sounds like um, we are in a little bit of a horror mood um, right now, which is fine by me. And I mean that it is fine. by me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so let's stick with that. And then um, can we pick uh, like a, a time period or a, a genre? That's always helpful for, for focusing these conversations. The doors, I think, that are most easy to make scary are mm-hmm. any place where it makes sense to have a big, ornate mm-hmm. door with with carvings and and uh, stuff like that all over it. And to me, yeah. that says, you know, sometime in the vague period of time in which you had, <laughs> in which there were castles and palaces and stuff. Yeah. So what if it's um what if it is modern times or a little bit far future but the okay. door that we're making is very medieval and ornate. Sure. <laughs> okay all right yeah let, let's yeah. see what happens yeah so i think um like you know if you're thinking about ways to like terrify and and tantalize players a bit i think yeah having something that's like incongruous with the 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 atmosphere and the setting around them is really helpful right mm-hmm. so like i'm thinking like if you had in the middle of a football stadium or on a space station or something like that there's just this like huge door right huge ornate door with maybe like a little bit of stonework around it that's just sort of freestanding <laughs> mm-hmm. in the middle um somewhere and like maybe like I'm, I'm kind of thinking like i wonder if like you can you could walk around it even it's one of those doors like you open it and like if you actually walk through the threshold of it like that takes you somewhere oh, else for sure but yep. otherwise you can walk all the way around it and it's like it just looks like it's just a freestanding door yeah how do you feel about that or do you want it to be part of a structure i like it let's keep let's keep chatting i mm-hmm. So having it be freestanding like that, I wonder if that maybe is a little too blatant, if that makes sense. Like it's, oh, so, it's okay. so it's obviously a magic type of door. So I, mm-hmm. and I feel like players who saw that would understand that that is a gateway to some other, mm-hmm. uh, you know, dimension or location, and, yeah. which is not oh, a problem. That's a good point. Okay, so let's set it. Let's set it within a structure. The other idea, I don't know if we want to go. Th- this route but i just want to throw it out because i'm thinking about it is like having having a couple of like super ornate doors like that in in a room but then like one really small crappy looking door like kind of in the center of them oh interesting too and it's like well are you gonna go through the big ones you can go through like the small one that's that's actually in the center of the room yeah you know like yeah that doesn't look as ornate (laughs) so you know what i so these are not ideas that we should necessarily use but mm-hmm. you know what two real life door situations that are in intriguing but kind of creepy are to mm-hmm. me are think like uh doors that opened to nowhere or that appear to open to nowhere so i think mm-hmm. the winchester house with its doors on like upper floors that open out into space open space yeah. you know yeah and then also kind of i guess it's sort of a horror movie trick but it, it gets me every time it's always really creepy when people open a door and there is unexpectedly like a solid wall behind it. Uh, yeah. You know, I just something creepy about that to me. Ooh, I like that. 
I don't think, are we, it sounds like, uh, okay, I think we should lean towards maybe like a multi-stage tour. <laughs> yeah, so not to make it this a, a whole thing, but yeah. We don't want to talk too much about what's behind the door because we want to talk mm-hmm. about the door itself, like what would make it yeah. irresistible to open. So so what what are the qualities of a door that would make you go, I've got to open this door, I've got to see what's behind it. And then what are the qualities that would make you know that it's a bad idea to do that? I think the the thing that makes you like want to is like if you're trying to proceed through something, you know, through a dungeon or like yeah, a, a mansion or something, it's like a, that's that's the only way left, right? Uh-huh. Like you have you have to open this thing. Um, I think the sort of door we're talking about is probably not like a side door, right? Like it's not like a right. Those can be creepy too, but I think like thematically it'd be more interesting. Like this is this is a door like the party has to open. Yeah. But you know, like, there's qualities about it that make them want to try like every other possibility before before they have to go through it you know i do really like the idea that you mentioned earlier of the door being incongruous Mm -hmm. i'm i'm imagining you know you're living on a deep space nine type space station and there's just a door in an old-fashioned door yeah no explanation nobody you haven't found anyone who can tell you where it leads it's not on the schematic or something and you yeah. pass it by and but you know it's just a tech technology wise it's way incongruous with the space station yeah. to me that would be almost impossible to avoid i mean that would bother me until i found a way to find out what was behind that door <laughs> yeah like if yeah, it's like a, a wood <laughs> a wooden door to space station countless novels in the gothic tradition have used just you know just a door that is never opened is itself intriguing right a door Mm -hmm. that no one talks about or that it's always locked or something that's Mm -hmm. inherently somewhat intriguing i don't know about you but to me that i i don't know how you would convey that in a game but um Mm -hmm. there's something compelling about that yeah a quick sidebar so andy when you are in a place that like is not your house and you see see a door that's sort of like i wonder what that does do you try to open it just to see (laughs) if it's locked or not uh (laughs) i (laughs) Not if the door made logical sense and seemed okay. to be a, a regular, normal part of yeah. the thing. If it were a weird door, then yeah, I would probably wait till I was alone and then yeah. try the and then try the knob. But... Okay, yeah, <laughs> I think so. Me, too. I, I mean, I'm a rule follower, so I would have to be very alone to, to before I try that. I'm like probably have to think about it for a little bit. But yeah, um, yeah. Uh, okay, so <laughs> thanks for that. You, you listener, can think about like what you would do in that scenario too. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So the thing that I'm thinking about is, and maybe this is too much, is like, what if the door looks different to every party member like you know like so i don't know how exactly you play that at the table like maybe you describe it and then hand everybody a secret note or something it's like oh but it actually looks like this you know this to you something like that um right so if they if you can get them to the point where they can compare notes um in some way like then it would be like well wait you know like why why are you seeing this man it would be so fun if you could do this somehow without without drawing attention to the fact that everyone was seeing a different door you know Mm -hmm. uh because what if you know somebody saw a star trek style high-tech door and somebody else Mm -hmm. saw a a wooden an iron dungeon door and they're yeah both someone is saying all right i'm gonna try to hack the keypad and someone else is going what are you you know yeah what Uh, 
Oh, that'd be really great. Yeah. Um, I mean, that would stop the party in their tracks. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that, that'd be a little hard to pull off. Maybe like, let's, let's table that as like a, a cool idea. If you have the right group to, to pull that off. Um, I mean, I think you could, yeah, you could like hand out something at the beginning. It's like, you know, we're, we're going to come to a door. I'm going to describe it as this, you know, but it actually looks like this or <laughs> something like that. You can give them. Interesting. Give them yeah. I mean, but, if that, that's a good DMing challenge, maybe outside the scope of this design yeah. exercise, but that, yeah. That's fun. Uh, so uh, here's a, something else I'll throw out. What if mm-hmm. there is a timer or a clock or something, or an indicator on the door of when it will open? Ooh, I like that too. Yeah. So if we're on a space station, I mean, yeah, it is like, yeah, a, a pretty simple looking door, you know, space station or some sort of yeah far future thing, you know, pretty normal looking wooden door. And then you're thinking like there's some display like above it that's counting down. Yeah. Or... I don't know, maybe, you know, there's some sort of a, some tick, some ticking gears, some clockwork or something next to the handle. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I'm trying to think like how you could flavor that for the, the countdown to be compelling itself too. There's a really good, I don't know, like, yeah, really good show that my wife and I watch called Infinity Train, um, which I'd highly recommend if you like animation and kind of weird stories. (laughs) It's, it's really good. Um, but that show deals a lot with doors and countdowns and things like that so there's um everybody has a countdown on their hand in their arms and stuff like that that goes up and down based on what they do when they're on on this train which is essentially infinitely long (laughs) um and has all sorts of stuff inside of it how have i not Uh, heard of this show i i don't know it's really good and like maybe we should you know (laughs) talk about a little bit more but yeah it's super good if you um if you're into like yeah uh like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's it's amazing. Go look it up. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of where, where I'll leave it right now just because we, you know, we're running out of time. Right, yeah. So, um, uh, but, your yeah, so, so I like the idea of a countdown that is maybe not, like, a sequential, like, timer countdown, but um, changes based on what the players are doing, doing in some way. Or how, or maybe even how they approach the door or something like that. You could play with that. Yeah, you know, any sort of system that seemed to change based on what the players were doing in the vicinity of the door, I think would invite uh, certain personality types to become obsessed with what's going on. I mean, like, you could almost make it like they have to, I don't know, like, how you would do this. Would it count up and down or, you know, change colors or something like that? This might be too complicated to pull off at the table. Like, you know, they, they like all have to put their hand on the knob or something for it to, to fully open. <laughs> Maybe you can see the door bar or the door lock, you know, moving in the unlock direction. Yeah, I think then that maybe turns it into a bit, bit of a game, I think might break break the immersion. Yeah. What Like, okay, so like, what if it, uh, what if a door has like as many doorknobs as there are, you know, players that you have oh, in the game? Yeah. Yeah, so it's like to open it, you have to coordinate enough to like, yeah, to, to twist five doorknobs at the same time. What if the doorknob or the doorknobs, what if they're everywhere except where you normally put a doorknob? Like... What if the yeah. what if the doorknobs like in the bottom left of the door or something? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're spread out evenly. Oh, actually, that'd be pretty. That'd be pretty creepy and pretty cool. Like it's a door, but it has like a hundred doorknobs on there. So like part of it is figuring out like which ones to turn. Yeah, well, just think how weird it would be to walk through a house and see a normal door, and the doorknob is just like right in the middle of the door. Wouldn't that be yeah. weird? Like, yeah, it'd be weird. You'd want to know why. Right. I mean, we're throwing out some ideas here, but I think we mm-hmm. both like the idea of a, a countdown or a timer of some sort that suggests to the players that some combination of time 
or action will cause the door to open and who wouldn't mm-hmm. want to find out why such an elaborate mm-hmm. mechanism is on this door yeah so like maybe that maybe that unlocks it or do you mm-hmm. think it would just open when it gets down to, to zero how many horror movies have had a previously shut door you know creepily open mm-hmm. uh for somebody and then they go in and, and die uh yeah <laughs> well yeah <laughs> We have a, a number of different ideas here. So let's switch over to the terrifying part and see if mm-hmm. we can pull these things together into a coherent door. So mm-hmm. what would scare people legitimately from opening a door? And this is hard because when you're playing a game, stuff that is would be scary in real life in the context of the game is basically is like an invitation to engage with it, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, in real life, things that would scare you from opening a door are... Uh, evidence that something inside is not is is bad and will get out if you open the door right yeah Uh, whether it's like a creature a person or an environmental radiation or gas or something yeah i think the i mean i think that'd be totally fine for like the door to be rattling right oh yeah the whole time right like so yeah it, it does feel like there's something on the outside I think you could also play with senses a little bit. Like if they get close to it, like all sound cuts out or like there's some sort of noxious smell um, coming from the yeah. other side. Yeah. A variety of different like smells coming from mm-hmm. the door at different times could be interesting. Colored lights of various sorts through the cracks around the door. <laughs> yeah. Like what if the, what if the lighting changes to that like video game lighting where like everything, everything other than the door becomes illuminated if you get too close <laughs> to it. <laughs> Yeah. Right, like you're yeah, you're walking down, walking down the hallway towards it, right? Like all the lights shut off except for like one one dim bulb, sort of like above it, that's swinging back and forth. Oh, and the door yeah. starts shaking, and everything starts smelling like blood. And like, you know. yeah, something that could either be an enticement to open the door or a warning to keep it closed is if there's someone on the other side that you can see or hear. Maybe they're asking to be let out. Maybe they're begging people not to open the door and leave them in here. Or, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Oh, I like that begging you not to not to open it, right? Like, yeah, leave me in here. Um, <laughs> that would be like, well, I mean, should we, right? Like, yeah, but if you, if you set it up such that it's like, you have to, like, this is the door that you have to go through. Or, I mean, I mean, just like, you know, a party, if you have someone on the other side of the door, like weakly saying like, don't, don't let me out. Like, you know, <laughs> don't, please don't. And like, everything's yeah, shaking, shaking. Like they're trying to get out too at the same time. Like, yeah. They're not going to walk away from that. <laughs> like, yeah. So, um, so, slight switch. So yeah. what do, what do PCs normally do when they're faced with like a, a concerning door? Like, oh, they so, listen. Yeah, yeah. So they listen at it. They check it for traps. I'm wondering can we do something with those very routine activities to mm-hmm. unsettle the PCs? What if there's just something unexpected that you get when you roll your detect traps or something, you know? Yeah. Like um, there's, a, I don't know, there's an elaborate thing that appears to be a trap, but it doesn't seem mm-hmm. to be connected to anything or something like that. Yeah, I like that. The thing that it just occurred to me, right? So the the things that I've seen parties do, right? They'll they'll listen to it, um, you know, listen at the other side of the door, try the lock very gently, you know, like you know, look for the hinges and stuff. But they'll also try to like look around the edges and stuff. And I think that might be a good opportunity for something very creepy to, to happen there. Oh yeah. Like I'm thinking, like you know, if even if you wanted to ground it in reality, like if there's just a mirror on the other side of the door, <laughs> yeah. and they try to look around the crack and they see another eye staring back oh, at them, oh my goodness, like, yes. yeah. Yeah, something like that would be pretty good. 
or I mean, it could just be like there's something in there that's mirroring their movements, like trying to <laughs> trying yeah. to figure out. Okay, well, we've been talking for a while, so like I wonder if we can uh, pull from these ideas and kind of produce our door. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So I'm just gonna try to like pull pull a bunch of these ideas together, and let's try to like come up with our, our description of the door. So okay. we're on uh, like a space station of some sort. There's a hallway that has this one door that like everybody acknowledges is is creepy and doesn't quite fit, but it's there, right? Okay. Um, yeah, and so the party either either they're the first ones to to actually see this, or they're the only ones that can see it. There's some sort of t- like ticking timer on the top of it that seems to have just started or is just close enough to like get into zero that it's starting to concern people. As soon as they approach the door, like like when the timer hits zero, right? You know, like, and we'll leave it a little bit up to the, the GM to figure out like exactly how, how that's gonna count down. Like maybe there's something you can hook into sure. with your story like that. Um, when it hits zero, like all the lights go off in that hallway other than one light sort of above it. And then as they approach this door, right? They can see that it's rattling. There's someone inside saying like, don't let me out. You know, those sorts of things. Any investigation just kind of makes it like creepier and creepier of the door but then to to open it they all need to coordinate like turning knobs that are just like set somewhat randomly Mm. around the the face of this door once they open it then i guess that's a little bit up to the gm what's on the other side what's actually on the other side but i think that would be a pretty good setup for like you can't ignore this thing yeah right is there any other details from what we talked about that you want to make sure that we get in there i like the idea that the door's not any on any schematic or map. So so what mm-hmm. I kind of like is the idea that this door is there as sort of a long-running point of curiosity while the PCs are doing other stuff. So yeah. instead of you having, like, the plot is, like, find the thing that's behind the door. It'd be more mm-hmm. like you're going through your adventures and, like, and, you know, by the way, no one, you, you know, on this ship knows what's behind that door and it's not on the map the ship the map of that deck you know yeah because uh, i like the idea of this uh enticing the pcs over time to be like you know what like let's pause on the regular adventure and let's see if we can figure out what the heck is up with that door on deck three or something mm, yeah i like that yeah maybe the decision to start investigating it like kicks off some stuff right like there and yeah like so i mean if you pass it normally it's just sort of like well there's just that that door that no one can open you know, it's like at, at a certain point you would make peace with that, I guess, if you're on the ship. Um, like if you were just a normal NPC, you'd be like, oh, yeah, there's that door. Like, I don't know. Someone's tried it. doesn't open. Open. I've got other stuff to do. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? yeah. Uh, yeah. And you could you could play with that. You could you could amp that up to a suspicious level. Like why mm-hmm. have none of the 300 people on the ship ever tried to get in the door? Or it could just simply be there's like 4000 doors on this ship. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't need to go in that one. So it's not my job. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you really just wanted to make it extra creepy, it's like, you know, you ask people like, well, what's going on with this door? And everybody's like, what door? Right? Like, just, they can't see it. They deny it. Or maybe it, yeah. like you, it's not even on like the surveillance cam. There's just, yeah, all sorts of, all sorts of ways that like the, yeah, there's, there's kind of this plausible deniability of it or just outright. Like, <laughs> you're the only ones who can see it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, otherwise I like your, subs- I like your description of the door. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think it would probably work best placed in a part of the ship where you really, there really normally would not be anything in the space behind it except for mm-hmm. whatever ship, ship machinery. And yet your interaction with the door suggests some sort of activity uh, behind it that, you know, 
All right. So I think okay, I think that's cool. good. If uh, shall we call that a door? Yeah, I think we should call that a door, and I am not opening it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not either. That's what the red shirts are for. All right, guys. Yeah. Get me a squad, get me a squad and take, send them to deck three and get that, that door open. Yeah. All right, thanks, Chris, for brainstorming on the door. This was fun. And mm-hmm. uh, listeners, if you use this door, or if you use any kind of door that meets this description of being both mm-hmm. uh, intriguing and scary, I would personally love to hear about it. So Yeah, yeah, please reach out. Yeah, there's a contact page on our website where you can get our emails. Um email addresses we do love hearing from people um yeah so please send us yeah any door related material that you want to um <laughs> although i don't know i guess i shouldn't make that as broad as i just did but <laughs> there we go I don't know. Uh, yeah i, I and, would like to uh, hear what door related information people have to send us uh. yeah yeah there's probably something we missed that's pretty obvious it's, uh, yeah, it's like the go to the creepy door section in home depot and you know, <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. All right. Well, let's wrap it up there. Um, yeah, this has been Roll for Topic. We are part of Roll for It Media um, podcasts. Uh, the Roll for It Media network, <laughs> I think, is what we're, we're settling on finally. Um, but yeah, you can listen to our sister show, uh, The Splat Book, at thesplatbook.com. Um, they're super great. I was actually on the episode last week. We played a, um, a quick game of Swords Without Master. Swords, plural, master, singular. It's a super fun game. Um, yeah, I, I actually listen back to it. I don't normally listen to podcasts I've been on, but this one was fun to listen to. It's like, oh yeah, that was that went in a really wacky direction. Um, yeah, I really like it. You should all, all try that game out sometime if you get a chance. Um, but yeah, so yeah, go listen to them. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Do you have anything else, Andy? I don't think so. All right, well, I've been Chris Salzman. I've been Andy Rao. And remember, if your players are having fun, you're a great GM. 